0: I am Cheryl Whitten and this is The Aromatherapist, where we discover the superpower of plants. Have you ever been curious about aromatherapy and did a simple internet search, landed on a result and thought, that can't be right. The sad truth is most of the information out there about aromatherapy is not correct. It's my mission to change that. Join me in my new course, The Science of Aromatherapy, and learn about the science and chemistry of essential oils, drug interactions safety considerations, contraindications, and botanical profiles of the 10 most popular essential oils. Visit livelovelemon.com forward slash science course to enroll. Hello everybody. Welcome back to the show. Let's talk about frankincense today. So where lavender is affectionately called the mother of all essential oils and a universal essential oil, frankincense is sometimes called the father of all essential oils sometimes it's also called the king of all oils so i want to talk about this today it's a beautiful essential oil that i always have on hand and it's kind of a universal one that as well that we can use for many different things so Frankincense is an ancient tree that has been used traditionally for thousands of years in spiritual rites and practices as well as traditional medicine and it's been traded as a fine botanical for over 5000 years. So I've talked briefly about how much I love this essential oil and this tree in a earlier episodes on this podcast. So you can go and listen to the very first episode I talk about frankincense in the osteoarthritis episode. But today I want to kind of build a profile for frankincense. So um, let's talk about some of the different types of frankincense, the science behind its main uses, the conservation around this tree, and some of the problems that come up in the industry with this botanical. So we have things like dubious labeling and alterations to products. And so I'm going to talk a little bit more about that so you can develop a good sense of what you need to look for when you're trying to purchase frankincense. So frankincense is a tree native to Oman, Yemen, Somalia, Ethiopia, and India. So those are the main places that we find frankincense trees. So it produces an oleogum resin. And once that hardens, once you have that resin and it hardens, it looks like kind of like golden yellow rocks with a kind of dusty coating on it. So almost like a little piece of gold. And so these hard little pieces of resin are sometimes called frankincense tears, like they're drops from the frankincense tree. If you're Canadian and you're familiar with this sugar bush, you'll understand the process I'm going to talk about here because it's very similar or somewhat similar to the process of getting maple syrup. So, what we do with frankincense is we make an incision in the trunk of the frankincense tree and we collect the resin, the sap, the resin that comes out of it, and then it is steam distilled. So, some distilleries use other forms of distillation for frankincense as well as carbon dioxide extraction. There are some drawbacks to those, and a CO2 extract is not technically a true essential oil. But generally speaking, the resin is the most important piece because. That is where the essential oil is found. It is in that resin. The resin is used in many different ways. So we grind up the resin into powder, and that is what you'll see often in supplements. You'll see it sometimes called just Boswellia, or you'll see it as frankincense. And this is the stuff that is the golden bomb for joints and arthritis, and we'll get into that in a minute. You will also be able to find a frankincense extract, and this is in herbalism what we call a tincture. And so this is where we soak the resin in some alcohol or some glycerin, which will extract some of the molecules out of that resin. So it's not going to be all the volatile stuff that you get in an essential oil, but it will be some of those molecules, some of those different beneficial compounds in the resin. You will also be able to find just gum resin, the frankincense resin, um, those little frankincense tears or rocks. And what you do with that is you will burn that in a resin burner. And this is what we call incense. So I actually do this a lot. I have a resin burner and I put in these little frankincense tears into my burner and I burn it in the house. There's a couple of keys here you want to remember when you burn incense or frankincense resin. You want to burn it slow and you want to burn it low because if you turn it up high it will literally burn in smoke and you kind of just fry the goodness right out of it. And so your health ends up smelling more like smoke than frankincense which is kind of pointless. So there's a couple things you can do here if you're interested in that resin burner. You can use the burner or you can actually put it in a heat safe bowl and you're going to kind of fill that bowl with a little bit of sand. Then you're going to light some charcoal and you put the charcoal in the sand and you kind of let that smolder. Then you on top of that charcoal, you add a small amount of fine salt, just right on top of that charcoal. And then you will place your your piece of resin right on that charcoal and let it burn. And so that salt actually helps it burn more evenly and so you'll have a produce a cleaner smell. So it's going to be more frankincense rather than smoke. So there seems to be quite a bit of confusion around frankincense and which species is which. There are several species. You will see that people say there's only about three of them, but there's more than that. So we have Boswellia sacra, Boswellia carteri, Boswellia Fririana, Boswellia papyrifera, Boswellia serrata, Boswellia neglecta, Boswellia rivei. And some reports are saying they are now identifying Boswellia occulta. Sometimes you'll see the word birdwood attached to frankincense. So it will be Boswellia sacra birdwood. And sometimes you will also find a bunch of different synonyms for the species. So different species names for the same tree. And so, you know, kind of gets a little bit confusing. So there is also a general debate around sacra and carteri. Some people feel that are very adamant that Sacra and carteri are the same tree. They're the same species. Carteri is simply a chemotype of sacra. And so they're grown in different regions. And so that produces a different chemical composition. Carteri should actually be called Boswellia sacra chemotype alpha-pinene. Other experts disagree. Either way, they do have different and very distinct compositions, whether they are the same species or not whether they are chemotypes or not, they are very different. So when we talk about frankincense, the most popular form of frankincense that you are going to find is the carteri species. And it has a balsamic smell as well as slightly piney smell. And that is primarily due to the alpha pinene content in it. So carteri version, the carteri species is mostly alpha pinene. But it also has a lot of other constituents. We have myrcene, alpha thujene, and some others. The sacra frankincense I find to be a sweeter and softer smell than the carteri, and it has alpha pinene. But it also has high amounts of incensol and incensol acetate. And then each of those other types that I discussed of frankincense, they all have their own main constituent. And that will change what it does. That will change the the therapeutic actions and benefits of that essential oil. So what do they do? What do we even use frankincense for anyway? Who even cares about all this stuff? Well, frankincense has been around a long time and we've used it for a lot of different things. Unfortunately, today, a lot of what you read about frankincense essential oils specifically is pretty much wrong. So we will see that frankincense is beneficial for osteoarthritis and rheumatoid arthritis. So studies indicate that boswellic acids found in frankincense improve joint health, they reduce inflammation, they relieve pain, and increase the range of motion. So if you have osteoarthritis, this is a a game changer. This is the 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 plant that completely changed my osteoarthritis. And you should go listen to that episode number one on this show if you haven't heard it already. And if you struggle with osteoarthritis, because let me say this, I don't have osteoarthritis anymore. The thing is, what is said about this is wrong. People attribute these facts. They are facts. This is true. This has been demonstrated in research. But they are attributing these facts to the essential oil boswellic acid found in in the essential oil but this is false frankincense oils of all species all of the types of frankincense essential oils do not contain boswellic acids those acid molecules are too heavy to be volatile so they cannot be found in an essential oil so where do we find boswellic acids we find them in the frankincense resin so if you grind the resin into powder, then you will find it in frankincense resin powder. The research demonstrates that those supplements are effective for osteoarthritis. The specific frankincense species is the Boswellia serrata species. This serrata version is sometimes called Indian frankincense. So that they've got that fact wrong. The essential oil does not have boswellic acid in it. However, that doesn't mean the oils don't have any of those therapeutic actions. In fact, the research shows they do. It's just not because of boswellic acid. And it's actually probably more related to the synergistic effects of all of the constituents, but also mainly of that alpha-pinene. Because frankincense essential oil is anti-inflammatory. It is analgesic. It does relieve pain. Alpha-pinene is well established to relieve pain to be an anti-inflammatory. Frankincense is also an expectorant. And that's probably due to the high alpha-pinene content. So the frankincense high in alpha-pinene, which is your sacra and your carteri, are going to be helpful for the lungs, for asthma, coughs and colds. They're also going to be helpful for pain relief and inflammation. So we're looking at arthritis. We're looking at joint and muscle pain. We're looking at headaches. Frankincense also, however, demonstrates wound healing properties. And this is due to its anti-proliferative and anti-inflammatory actions, again and through lowering certain types of collagen. So it is thought to reduce the chance then of scar formation and wound persistence. So typically we'll see a lot of frankincense in skincare products, especially products that are for youthful skin or anti-aging. But we can also use it for wounds and for that inflammation piece. And so this could be used in some carrier oil after a sunburn, for example. So when you get a little bit of inflammation from having a minor burn from the sun, you can put some frankincense on that. It's going to help relieve the pain, number one, but also reduce some of that inflammation. We could also use it for infection-related inflammation on the skin as well. We also see that the essential oil as well as the boswellic acids in the resin are also strong antibacterials. So this is excellent for tooth and gum health and you will actually find it a lot in natural toothpaste. Research indicates that it is effective against gingivitis when it's used as a chewing gum. So you want to look for gum then that has the essential oil as an ingredient or the resin powder as an ingredient as well. We also see that frankincense is effective for gut health and preliminary findings suggest it may improve inflammatory gut conditions like Crohn's disease and ulcerative colitis. However, it is not attributed to the essential oil as of yet, but it is attributed to an extract of the serrata frankincense. So Boswellia serrata extract. Frankincense is also anxiolytic, which means... It reduces anxiety and is often called a grounding oil and this is one of the reasons why. So both the sacra and the carteri essential oil versions offer this benefit and it is actually attributed to the incensal acetate constituent. This is also found in the resin and the essential oil as well and is considered to be neuroprotective. So it's probably these calming properties that makes it most used for spiritual rituals. So as I said earlier, frankincense is often used in spiritual rites, spiritual traditions, different rituals, in churches, many different practices, yogic practices, yogic tradition use a lot of frankincense and a lot of different incense. Some people feel that it helps them feel more connected to God. Some people say that it has, you know, uh, the energetic vibrations are higher, therefore more spiritual. Others say, you know, they don't believe in essential oil can even do that. The reality here is it doesn't really matter what you think or believe about the spiritual practices or what it can do. You can believe whatever you want. But the truth is that the essential oil calms the mind and the nervous system. And many cultures and spiritual traditions around the world have used frankincense for centuries in their spiritual practices, in a variety of traditions. And so when we see several cultures and several different traditions using the same plant for the same reasons and in very similar ways, that's where we pause and then we investigate because that means we need to learn something about how it's being used. That is actually a field of study called ethnobotany as well. Additionally, frankincense also exhibits immunomodulatory and anti-tumor activities. So what in the world does that even mean? Well, that one little statement has led the whole internet to claim that frankincense essential oil can cure or treat cancer. So I've talked in detail about essential oils and cancer already on this show. So go and check out that episode if you have a need to learn about that. But there's a few things we have to clear up here. First, the anti-tumor activity is attributed to boswellic acid. So, once again, the essential oil does not contain boswellic acid. The acids are found in the frankincense gum resin. So, this action is not for the essential oil. However, we do see in very small numbers of studies that the essential oil does exhibit anti-cancer activity. But this research is done mostly in vitro, which means, you know, they've they've kind of taken some cells in a petri dish and examined and tested some things with frankincense oil. There are no clinical studies here. There are no actual cancer treatments with essential oils. You know, it doesn't mean that it doesn't have that ability. It just means that with aromatherapy with essential oil as a medical treatment we just do not have that data to definitively say it does this we just don't know that yet there are some studies about frankincense resin powder however we have to remember that these products and essential oils are not cancer treatments we have some research But let's be real, unless it's going to be patented as a drug, it's not going to be classified as a cancer treatment. It's just not. It's just the the nature of the beast. Also, a huge barrier to learning about essential oils is research funding. So it's very hard to get these kind of studies funded because no one really cares, right? Everyone wants to know about the drug because then they can market it and make money. So that's part of it. Hopefully someday we'll have some research on frankincense essential oil and cancer. We'll see. So do we have any precautions or safety considerations with frankincense? The only information I could find in my research was that old or oxidized frankincense may cause skin sensitization. This is probably due to some of the essential oils have actually quite a bit of monoterpenes in there and those can be changed really quickly. So Don't use or avoid using any old or oxidized oils on your skin. You don't need to throw them out. You can still use those in a diffuser and in cleaning supplies, for example, but don't apply them to your skin. You may experience skin irritation from an old oil. But other than observing good dilution practices, so make sure you dilute it before applying it to your skin, there are no contraindications for this essential oil, really for any of them. So this is why this is the king of all oils, the father of all essential oils, because there really are no contraindications. It is an excellent oil to have on hand, one you can use with kids, one that's going to be safe for pregnancy. So I recommend you get yourself one of these to keep in your medicine cabinet. You're going to find that frankincense is typically expensive. A small five milliliter bottle of Carteri oil can run you around 50 U.S. dollars and the Sacra oil around 60 U.S. dollars. But what's interesting with frankincense oils in general is that there's just so much confusion with it. You know, products are thought to be a specific species and were advertised or marketed as a specific species and maybe innocently. But then once we actually test them, you know, they're found not to be. But also we find that products are marketed as well as a singular species, so a single essential oil. But then once they're tested, they're found to be laced with other species or synthetic compounds. And one major brand actually does this. They have marketed their frankincense as single essential oil, meaning it is one frankincense. But when you dig deeper and you read the fine print on the label, it's actually a blend of species but it's not being labeled as a blend. So there's nothing really wrong with that, except that it's using false marketing there. I don't like that. Be clear on what you're selling to people. And actually, this is a serious problem in the industry. There are actual formal peer-reviewed published papers calling for a better than organic standard in aromatherapy and specifically in frankincense because... Even though these products are, let's say, organic or they are non-GMO, they are still being rectified, meaning it's being marketed as Carteri frankincense, but when it's tested, it also contains Papyrifera frankincense or a different species also. And so this is a real problem and it's, it's not the fact that it contains other species. That's fine. It's the fact that it's being labeled, deceptively mislabeled and sold as an expensive pure product when it's not. It's being sold as a single essential oil when it is not. It is a blend. It is, and this happens a lot with the expensive oils. This happens a lot with rose, for example. You know, geranium is very similar to rose. And a lot of times, your rose essential oil is actually more geranium than it is rose. And that's the same thing that goes on with frankincense. They're expensive to grow, expensive to harvest, expensive to to distill, expensive to source. So if you can add something similar and fool the customer and get the same money, why wouldn't you, right? Especially if there aren't any rules. It's kind of like going to the resorts and asking for a beer, then you take a swig and you find out it's more water than beer. You know what I mean? And also related to frankincense, conservation of this tree is also a very big concern. So the IUCN lists Boswellia sacra on the near threatened list. So that's a serious thing. And the reasons listed are related to logging in agriculture People are really quick to say that it's because of the essential oil market that this tree is near-threatened, but that is actually not clear. And the report indicates that more investigation into the reason why this tree is near-threatened is needed. However, it would also be extremely naive to think that the aromatherapy market has nothing to do with its status. So we can't be that ridiculous, right? Some countries have very strict regulations on the frankincense trees and some do not. So one thing that is very clear here and all of the stuff that goes on with frankincense is that mindful consumption is very important. Do you know where your frankincense comes from? Before you even start, is it even frankincense? Where is it sourced from? Are they stewards of the trees? Because in order to retrieve gum resin, the tree has to be cut to allow that resin to come out, to seep out. If those incisions are too deep or they are too big they're made too often that tree suffers it will die so does your brand take care of the trees does your brand source frankincense from growers or traders or do they grow it themselves do they have a farm if they're growing it themselves or they have invested into a reputable local farm that grows it appropriate sourcing and conservation is not going to be a problem because they're not going to be buying from places that are over harvesting from limited trees right they're going to want to be able to get the most amount of essential oil they can from those trees for the longest period of time as possible they're going to take care of them all of this matters it really really matters because in the end it's the consumer who doesn't know much about the industry who gets the short end of the stick It's your health that will be impacted because if you buy an essential oil that you haven't done, you know, the background check on, you may be getting something that's synthetic. You may not even be getting frankincense or you may be getting more of one species than the other and it's not properly labeled. It's also your dollar. So here's what I can recommend for you for your frankincense. Do your research, choose only earth conscious, people conscious, resource conscious, and quality conscious brands. All right, beautiful people. Thank you so much for listening today. If you feel so inclined, please subscribe, rate, and review this show. For show notes and more information on essential oils, please visit livelovelemon.com forward slash podcast. And we love to know what you're up to and how you're using your essential oils. So head over to Instagram and find us at the aromatherapist podcast. My name is Cheryl Witten, and I am your aromatherapist. We have to share with you this obligatory disclaimer. Information in this podcast is for educational purposes only. It is not a replacement for medical advice or for professional aromatherapy consultation. If you need medical care, please visit your physician. Speak to your primary care provider, pharmacist, and a qualified aromatherapist before commencing any programs.